My name's Carlos Cordova. Welcome back to another episode of the No Names Podcast. I'm sitting here with Enrique DeLeon and George Gonzalez. Go ahead and say hi, guys. Yo, what up? What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode four. We've made it through four episodes. And today we're going to be reviewing another Paul Thomas Anderson movie. This time it's The Master, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Before we do that, we're going to go over some news and we're going to review a really bad trailer. Okay, let's get it started. Hold on. Bad as in good or bad as in bad? Bad as in it's so bad it's good. Okay. It's like it's like watching a new John Travolta movie. Oh, <laughs> brutal! And it's like it's like it's so You've bad. Gone from bad it's, to worse. Oh, come like, on! We're hy- we're hyping I, it up now. As, as you can, <laughs> as you guys can hear, I guess I'm the only one that's uh, excited. But anyways, go ahead. Well, we'll find out. Okay, uh, starting out with the news. Uh, there has been some deaths, some deaths in the news. Uh, comedian Jerry Stiller and Fred Willard have passed away. Uh, Jerry Stiller uh, was 92. Fred Willard was 86, and they both died of natural causes. Jerry Stiller is well known for uh, playing George Costanza's dad on Seinfeld, as well as Arthur Spooner on King of Queens. He is the father of Ben Stiller. And uh, Fred Willard is known for his movies... Um, best in show waiting for Gunther. He was also an anchor man. Yeah. Jerry Stiller. Uh, do you guys have a favorite role that he played? Uh, well, I just liked, I liked him as, you know, George Costanza. It's not George. Uh, it was a Frank Costanza, uh, George's father. Enrique was, was <laughs> yeah. What's, what's his name? No, no, it- George, go ahead. You were saying, <laughs> you, you you know him, you like him as what? His his father, is it? As George Costanza's father, yeah. Okay. Right. Um and uh and I'd I'd like them I just liked him as a as a as a bonus <laughs> actor. He's a bonus. He is he does get thrown into a lot of things. Uh yeah, he he's... played Frank Costanza. That was Frank, yeah. 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 The funny thing is between both of them, Fred Willard's the one guy you, you always see and you're like, Yeah, I know him from that one movie. But G- yeah, he's been in every movie. But Jerry uh, Stiller, yeah, Frank Costanza, of course, George Costanza's father, which probably the very funniest. I don't know him from the uh, what's the other show you said, the uh, King of Queens. Yeah, King, King of Queens. Of Queens. Yeah. I can't. I can't stand that show. But he was very funny in Seinfeld and had quite a few memorable moments in that show for for Seinfeld. Um, you know, him just getting upset. Anybody who's old like me. <laughs> Yeah, he was known for uh, getting worked up and yelling. That was kind of his his shtick. And especially when you have sons who are almost like George. <laughs> and he yeah. you like that. You understand a lot of that role. And uh, then uh, there's Fred Willard. And like Enrique said, he's one of those actors where you may not know the name, but if you see a photo of him, you'd say, yeah, I've seen that guy before. Um. I'm a big fan of Christopher Guest. He's the director of Best in Show. He's also one of the actors. Um, he did a couple other movies. And 
Fred Willard has a part in all those movies and and he kills it. The guy's just hilarious. Um he's also uh the boss in Anchorman. He has a couple of funny funny parts in that as well. But yeah, I don't know if you guys uh there's a have any movies. There's a phone call that he has in Anchorman. Uh I can't remember what it says, but I know it's hilarious. He's he's talking. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't recite it right now. But he's talking about. Uh, I think someone's coming in, and he's talking about a nun, and some some sexual thing. It's I, I can't recall exactly what it is, but he's. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but he's on the phone. And he says, "Well, you know, I think we've all had our fair share of nudie mags." And then he pauses and he's like, oh, of course not, Sister Mary. Uh, I, I bet you haven't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he was a funny guy. So the comedy world lost two greats. Our second story, it's kind of a follow-up to <laughs> things that have been going on with AMC theaters. They, I don't know, they, they've been making the news weekly. So Amazon announced that they were interested in acquiring AMC. AMC is getting ready to file for bankruptcy due to uh, the COVID lockdown. It's kind of interesting just because Amazon is this huge, uh, they're turning into like a conglomerate, but now they're interested in, you know, um, expanding their empire expanding their empire to movie theaters but yeah i mean i think this goes back to some of our previous episodes what we were talking about um my take on this is amazon wants to distribute in a different way they have streaming they have that capability but now they want to see if they can not only show their own movies in theaters and and rake in all the profits from that um, but also make money off of other studios as well. Um, I don't know what you guys think about this. It's interesting. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. But George? Uh, I I have a few reasons why they would do it. Um, and I was doing some research on like the business side. And there's a reason why they might not do it. Uh, so I I think that it'll be good for them if they do it uh, for their, like you said, their distribution purposes. Um, and one benefit of that is that they can also get other, um, you know, like celebrities and things like that wanted to make movies for them and for their platform because they can say, oh, look, we have a network of, you know, 700 theaters, the largest in the country. We'll play your movie in this many theaters uh, and then you'll get streaming money right after we'll put it two weeks, which will please the Academy and, you know, Hollywood basically. Um, But one reason why they might wait on it and, or not do it yet is uh, they have a lot of debt. Um, AMC has like $10 billion in debt. Plus they're worth 4 billion which is weird. So Amazon would, that's why they would wait for bankruptcy probably if they were going to do it. But 
Um, but, I don't know. They... It sounds like chump change to Amazon. That's true. But, I mean, I guess the reason they would do it early and not wait for the um, bankruptcy is because they can... You don't want to, I guess, taint the name of AMC, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think What's it'd be kind of good. Personally, I think it'd be kind of good for Amazon, especially. I mean, think about it. If you're if you're an Amazon Prime member, which I don't know if you guys are on, I am. But what if yep, that I were am. to include yep. the price of admission? I meant, you know, uh, to Amazon. I meant, yeah, you know, I I don't know. I if 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 it you know eventually they would bring that in, and you know, if you're a you won't be spending twenty dollars, right, Carlos, for a movie. You can get a deal. <laughs> you can get a deal, right? So, um, being that you're a Prime member, I think that would be good. I mean, and then they'll have their own uh, their own movies, their own shows. Man, just seeing one of their shows on on this big screen. I mean, have certain screenings. I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be a good idea. I don't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. AMC needs help anyway. Yeah. Uh, that brings up an interesting point. I think there could be some uh, reward incentives to audiences to go after to AMC. You, after you use your 50 bucks from where was it again? $50. <laughs> I don't know. You know what's, uh, I don't know if you guys have been to, <laughs> I'm getting that flew right over my head. <laughs> um, Amazon acquired Whole Foods. And I don't know if you guys have been to Whole Foods. And it's weird. They make you, if you want to take advantage of sales and reward, you got to like sign into your Prime account. Uh, on the, like at the register? Yeah. So it, it, it would be interesting to see Amazon's take on the movie going experience. Carlos, but, just, um, just, just get the chip in place and just get it over with. Just put the chip in your body and then they just ring you up whenever you want. I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm so <laughs> hesitant. <laughs> Whole Foods? Why are you going to Whole Foods anyways? It's healthy. <laughs> they have good pizza. Oh, jeez. Don't... They got good Whole pizza. Whole Foods has good pizza? Jeez. Bezos knows how to make a good barbecue chicken pizza. <laughs> barbecue chicken? Yeah. Oh, this conversation is getting worse. Why would anybody put barbecue chicken on a pizza? It's almost as bad as pineapple. We're Californian. Jeez. That's what we do here. Oh, yeah, yeah. We fuck shit up. Barbecue chicken. George, chime in. Uh, please. Chime in, know. please. George, chime in. I'm not a fan of the... Thank you. I like, I like New York pizza. I just like cheese, pepperoni. Okay, okay. Yeah, but hold on. That's bias. George is from it New is. York. It is. So he knows what good pizza is. And this is all. Cal, he know. knows good pizza and he knows bad healthcare, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Both both things. Both things are true. Oof. I'll get into that. Anyways. All right. Fine. You like barbecue chicken pizza. George likes it. Long and so, strong. Long no, and strong. No. No, no. What are we talking about? Pizza, right? The, the vegan pizza. Right? There we go. The Brooklyn size of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just put the meat on it. That's what I say. Just put the meat on it. Okay. N- next topic. Next topic. <laughs> 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 the- okay. Uh, next topic. Uh, they have announced, and by they, I think it's Universal, 
has announced that Scarface is going to get a remake. Boo. Um, a director has been announced. Boo. As well as script writers. Boo. Uh, penning the script is the Coen brothers. Boo. And George is going to have to help me out with the director's name. Luca Guadagnino. Or Guadagnino. 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 So Luca Guadagnino, best known for directing Call Me By Your Name, which was a Oscar success. Call Me By Whose Name? Call Me By Your Name. All right. Has been put in... Yeah, I never saw it either. Has been... uh, So Luca Guadagnino has been put in charge of directing the Scarface remake a lead actor has not been chosen, but there's speculation that it's going to be Michael B. Jordan, which I'm not really on board with. The only interesting news out of all this is that the Coen brothers are writing the script. I did not expect that. But first off, I want to ask you guys something. Uh, it just sounds bad. I don't know, but go ahead. Does this even deserve a reboot? Should no. this movie be made? No. The movie is bad on its own, <laughs> but it's so bad, it's so damn good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it should be really <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so, like, okay, it's, so, it's like Carlos's barbecue chicken pizza. It, <laughs> exactly. It's so bad, it's good. <laughs> Sorry, George. I cut you My off. feelings with the original Scarface is that it is extremely overrated. I don't think it's a good movie. Um, and I've seen it like a, I've seen it a lot. Uh, it's iconic. I'll give it that. But in terms of movies, it's just not that great. Um, and I don't know how you guys feel about that. I uh, I agree. I mean, uh, I don't think it's a I don't think it should have as much hype as it does. You know, it's it's a it's an average movie to me. It's like a six. It's just. How about when you were a teenager and you saw it? Then it was a ten. Then it was a ten. I right? had the po- I had the poster on my wall. <laughs> that's you know, I mean? you know, that's you it. I mean? but, you know, so growing up, you see it and you're like, "This guy cusses so much." Ah, oh, it's so awesome. beautiful. It's so good. Uh, he cusses. He does the, drugs. I know. He the guy with it's the awesome. chainsaw to the head. Come on. Yeah. He, he retires. He his best friend from the. From the <laughs> he retires from dishwashing. He retires. He didn't just retire. He retired. Retire, retire. But then you grow up. You you your maturity level kind of you know grows up. Long. You're an adult, and then you yeah. turn around. And you say that's probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. So, I feel like that's when uh, Al Pacino started going over the top. Oh yeah, that that was that's the bad guy. That was the beginning of a decline. Yeah, it was unfortunately. <laughs> in this what in eighty <laughs> two? Yeah, uh, eighty two was it? Eighty two, eighty six? Eighty two, eighty three, something like that. So that's that was the beginning of his descent. So the the funny thing is with the remake, they could only make it like an actual. See why they even have to say Scarface? They could have just left the Scarface alone. It's just going to be another movie. Um, exactly, because if you know yeah. Scarface and you know all the hip hop, you know everybody in hip hop, everybody who raps, SoundCloud rappers, they all love Scarface, and it's just kind of like 
That's their good fellas to everybody else who's actually, you know, funny. But it's weird because the Scarface in 83 is just a remake of a 1932 movie. And that guy's name wasn't Tony Montana. No. So I don't even it's, know what. Well, yeah, it's a, it, it's yeah. followed along the same storyline, but it's just based different. It's just completely different. So but, uh, it's I just a different time period. Yeah. yeah. But I think both of them, you know, it's just a story of an immigrant that makes his way up to being a crime boss. Yeah. Disappoints his mom. It just, stuff and... it just fits the time. Yeah. So, so, but I guess if Michael B. Jordan's going to do it, then it's, he's going to be a, like an African immigrant, I guess, or, or we're, you not know. Gonna touch that. we're not going to touch I, that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even they know. Work they work hard, do. man. <laughs> to be honest, they do. They do. But so, why is that? Just, being like from the he doesn't want to work that hard. He wants to do know? drugs. and He might be Dominican or something. Who knows? He might not even be an immigrant. There we I go. I can see it where it's just he comes from the hood and then he just works his way up. I guess. But then that's like the story of so many other things. Yeah. Thus, getting to our point, this movie doesn't need to be made. But then you yeah. got the, the DEA, the CIA, the the, the frogmen. You got the <laughs> helicopter with that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so no, Scarface stands on its own. It's I I wish they wouldn't say it was a Scarface remake. I think uh, I don't know to people who actually like film and blah blah blah. You know, like I said, like us, we kind of grown up and we're like, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's not really that great. <laughs> and then you know, just this that stigma of it being Scarface. It's eh. I don't. I just don't get why they even bothered. Like, it's not even going to be Tony Montana. The guy's not going to be Tony Montana. It's not probably not going to take place in Miami. Like, why even bother with it? Calling it Scarface. Exactly. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, especially got the Coen brothers writing it and Luca. You're raising the hype for this movie, and people are going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. If I mean, if it's not good, I don't know yet, but yeah, it probably won't even be the same movie. You know what I mean? So. It's hard. I bring that Scarface stigma to it. It's, uh... Yeah, not looking forward to it. Um, speaking of things I'm not looking forward to, uh, let's talk about this movie. Trailer was just released for it. Uh, titled Unhinged, starring Russell Crowe. A beefy, very beefy <laughs> Russell Crowe. Double XL Russell Crowe. He ate um, that lion from Gladiator. He ate him. <laughs> <laughs> it took him all this time. He finally finished him, and it tell uh, and you can tell he finished that lion. He's a bro now, man. He's Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a big. He's a Russell beefy crow. Unhinged oh. is a psychological thriller that takes something we've all experienced road rage to an unpredictable and terrifying conclusion yes the tagline is he can happen to anyone <laughs> yes how perfect is that oh sorry go ahead carlos go ahead i'll better go um this looks terrible if listening <laughs> gets a chance please check this out and you know have a good laugh um pretty much Enrique put it best. It's uh, it looks like just a remake of Falling Down, but just not as good as Falling Down. Hold on, hold on, George, George, George. Your your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, 
It does look a little bit like falling down. It does not look as good as falling down. Ah. But it looks it looks bad good. It looks cringy ah. good. Yes, yes, it does. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So what I saw when I first of all, he looked real chunky when I first saw him. That's the first thing. Second, I, I liked it, but go ahead. Seriously, sorry. I'm, ahead. Like, I'm excited. I'm make, can you tell I'm excited? I'm excited. Go ahead. He looked like uh, Larry the Cable Guy, but in a serious role. He had the accent and everything. He gained a little weight. We should explain kind of what happens in this trailer. He's okay. Russell Crowe's in traffic, bumper to bumper, and he gets honked at. And it looks like that leads to a series of events. That causes him to go on a rampage just because a lady honked at him. It just looks a little over the top. Well, no, no. Don't forget that he wants everyone to know that he had a bad day. So now you have to have a bad day. That's right. He's sharing. My man was having a bad day. Everybody can understand. Everybody can relate. You done with work, you're on your way home, bad day, whatever, woke up late, lunch was bad, co-workers pissed you off, on your way home. For some odd reason, you just take a little break while you're at the red light. Ain't harming nobody. Could have been a gentle little bam, bam. No. Instead, you get the woman, you got the Karen waiting behind with their kid, trying to get her kid home, trying to get a McDonald's, whatever. She's not happy. Karen's never happy. Karen's are never happy. Honks the hell out of him, goes around him really rudely, whatever, and my man just lost it. You don't know what he's going through. No one knows what you're going through when you're in the car. Let me tell you, no one knows. That's why I can relate to this guy. You just don't know. If you see the trailer, you'll see he point. He looks at his wedding ring. You never know. Might have got divorced. Might have got fired. Might. You just don't know. You know what I mean? And that's sometimes that's all you need just to piss you off. Just take it out on the world. One honk just puts you over the. That's it. One rude honk, because you know there's several honks. There's the friggin' the long-lasting one where you're just trying to piss somebody off. He, little, he did explain it. He, he explained did explain it. See the trailer. He did explain it. There's that you know little bam, bam, just to give a little hey, what's up? Wake up. Get off your phone. Get off your phone. You know it's the courtesy honk. The courtesy honk. Exactly. The courtesy so there's, there's various honks, and my man just hey, I understand where he's coming from. He's beefy. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just probably just having a bad day, man. It could be anything, you know? And then there's a Karen right behind you. So, you know, I like it. I'm looking forward to it. Russell Crowe. It's, it's not me. Is that going to VOD? I think so. It looks like a straight to video on demand. How dare you? They can have my $20 for that. All right. Russell, Russell Crowe went from a beautiful mind to a beautiful gut. He was a gladiator. <laughs> he was a gladiator. As you can tell, he ate that lion. <laughs> it took him 20 years, but he ate it. <laughs> so um, that's why I'm excited for it. That's why. It's a, work, it's a working man's movie. It's a working man's movie. You know what I mean? No one, everyone's forgetting about the working man. That's the working man right there. He did have his tools. He, he did have his tools in the movie. He beard. He's got his crazy, you know... Uh, Unabomber glasses on, like ready to take somebody out. You just, you just, you just, man. Empathy, empathy. That's empathy. it's a future, future review. All right. So that's just based on the trailer, guys. Don't you know? 
I don't want so, you coming back, hitting me up on my social media, letting me know how much uh, that how much money I owe you. So it's just a trailer. <laughs> and I might have to eat my words. This could be amazing. This could be amazing. I but doubt Carlos it. Carlos has a beer too, so be careful. But... I know. <laughs> don't honk at me. And be um, too many barbecue chicken pizzas. But anyway. <laughs> it's quarantine. <laughs> There's nothing else to do but eat and do podcasts. All right. All right. So, on to the review of the episode, The Master, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, released in 2012. The IMDb synopsis is a naval veteran arrives home from war unsettled and uncertain of his future until he is tantalized by the cause and its charismatic leader. That is kind of an ambiguous synopsis. I'll give a different one. Pretty much a war vet comes back. He's got PTSD. He's a wanderer. He's a drunk. And he finds himself in the middle of a cult loosely based off of Scientology and he develops a relationship with its leader, which is similar to L Ron Hubbard. And that character is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. So off the bat, um, we're going to talk about the story. I'll go first. Um, so I've seen this movie a lot of times. This is probably my eighth time watching it. And each time I get something different out of it. And this time I really sat down and thought about its meaning. The movie is slow. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But I don't think that the story of the movie is its strongest point. To me, the theme of the movie is that mankind has a tendency to serve a master. And Freddie Quill, played by Joaquin Phoenix... His personality is somewhat like an animal. He's unpredictable. He's a drunk. He's uncontrollable. And Lancaster Dodd, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, is more calculated. He's articulate. He runs a a new religion that he's founded called The Cause. And he has control over a decent-sized group. And he builds a liking to Freddy Quill. And the reason why I think he builds this liking is that he knows that there's a possibility that he can't control this guy, that he's wild and he's free, which is also something that Philip Seymour, char- Philip Seymour Hoffman's character doesn't have. He's not really a free person. He's kind of stuck in his situation because he's built up this religion. And that's that's pretty much what I got from the story. It's a weird movie. You'll watch it if you know nothing of it and, and you just go into it and watch it. Um, I'm pretty sure within 30 minutes you're going to say, what what the hell am I watching? But yeah, I don't know what you guys thought of the story. We'll get into acting afterwards because I think, for me at least, acting was its strongest suit. Um, but George, I'll I'll let you go first. Yeah, I agree about the acting, um, but the story, the story is, huh, I, I, I didn't really like it. It just felt 
kind of, first of all, the movie is very slow and it felt drawn out. It felt like there was, it was bloated. Um, there were, there were three, you know, really, really good scenes, which I'm sure, you know, which scenes I'm talking about. Um, and to me, I would have rather seen those three scenes, uh, in a more tight, you know, in a tighter movie than, you know, just the other two hours <laughs> or the other hour and a half that, you know, the, the movie was very long. Um, but I thought, again, the story was its its weakest, its, its weakest part, I think. I think his other work is better in terms of story. I think I like There Will Be Blood better than, uh, in terms of story. I should mention this is also written by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, sorry, I just woke up because I think I was watching The Master again. Um, so, <laughs> story wise, I actually thought the story was good. I, I, I did, I did like it because uh, Joaquin's Joaquin Phoenix is a character. You know, he's an alcoholic, he's sexaholic, he had father issues, um, was just a total recluse, and especially when he drank, and he was really, really wild, and then. Philip Seymour Hoffman, it seemed like he was trying to change him, which he did uh, for a bit. And then he started drinking again. So, um, and you can see that as a as a movie progressed and the storyline progressed, you see that he wasn't changing because he couldn't stop drinking. And so um, the storyline I thought was really good because it, it just showed, even though, you know, it was the cause and, and this was a way to change your life for the, for, you know, the cause's better way of life, I guess you can say. And it, he tried that so hard on Hockey Phoenix, and he did fall for it, but then he didn't. And so it, it, because, you know, as people started catching on to this cause, and there's a great scene in there where the guy starts questioning him regarding his beliefs, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, but gosh, he's such a good actor. They go back and forth, and he's just had enough of it. And, and he, the guy was just questioning what he's actually doing. Um, so it's kind of like a cult, you know, like, you know, he was changing people's minds, changing, you know, all these up, uh, uh, uppity do people were inviting him to the house, using their boats. Use, I mean, he was tricking everybody uh, for this cause and it worked. Uh, it, it, it got him along his uh, along his way in his life. So but I think his main focus of trying to uh, change Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who's Fred right in the, in the movie, uh, mm -hmm. change his way of life. Um, he, he couldn't do it. Like he, he just couldn't, regardless of what he did, the hypnotism, the, uh, the, the constant, um, uh, asking of his, you know, of personal questions of, of his life of what he did in his life. And, um, he just couldn't, it seemed like he just couldn't, like he, as soon as he broke him, once Joaquin Phoenix wasn't around him, he, Joaquin Phoenix was a recluse. Like he just went back to his normal self. Um, which the funny thing is Joaquin Phoenix, his character tried so hard to do it because anytime that somebody's talked about the cause or questioned the cause, questioned his, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, he just went, went buck wild on him. Like he just beat him up. He did this, he did that. So, um, he really Very wanted, well. yeah, he really wanted to change, but, um, without him at that moment, he, once he started drinking, he was, he was gone. Like he couldn't, 
he couldn't catch up. He couldn't go back by himself, you know, to live the the cause way of life. And um, so I, I I really like the storyline. I, I I did. I meant um, I'm sure you know because he came back from the war. I mean, everybody was coming back jacked up from the war. I mean, he and then you know his upbringing and it just uh, he was kind of just a he he had a real like I always say he he seen some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he just couldn't escape it and uh alcohol was his was his uh was this thing that just turned him into somebody else and um and they you know the cause couldn't change it you know couldn't change him so i like the yeah. story but the story was really good i think that's well put yeah you guys were watching it too <laughs> <laughs> It is slow though. Um, Enrique, I think, described it really well. Um, but it's a slow movie. It's, it's something about a four, that you really about a four day watcher. <laughs> yeah. You really have to invest yourself into it. You do, and the it was. I have to sorry, George. I have to chime in on this slow because it was really slow, and it took me four days to watch this movie. And I tried to sit down. I don't know if I was tired that day. I don't know if someone honked at me wrong that day or something. But I, I, I was just. Uh, I would watch 30, 40 minutes of it and I was out. So so when I finally watched it, I I enjoyed it for its story. Um, I thought the storyline was really good. I'm going to move on to the acting in the movie. This is one of those movies that um, I like to call them. It's a, an actor's kind of movie where the acting is just so strong that that's pretty much what carries the whole film. Joaquin Phoenix really transforms himself into this character. If you watch the movie, he's skinny as a twig. He's literally just a skeleton with skin. Looks sickly. Um, He's hunched over. He does this thing with his face. He really gets into it. Um, No, I think he has something wrong with his face, though. But anyways. That's just uh, (laughs) a... I think he's always had the cleft lip. No, oh, the cleft lip. I don't know if you knew that, Carlos. He's always had that little. He's always had. It's no, no, no. It's very accentuated. <laughs> what I mean is that he he has a he has a bug eye. He does this thing with his face where he kind of pops one eye yeah, out. Yeah, that was very good. Um, and he looks like slack jawed, and 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 that actually changes throughout the movie. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but by the end, he looks healthier. Well, he still has that same stance though. When you talk about that hunchback, that's the that's what he I kept. Yeah. It's really wicked the way he stands. It almost kind yeah. of reminder of uh, what's that one movie uh, with Billy Bob, where it's just the sling blade. Sling blade. Anyways, go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman just looks like a cleaned up Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, but he plays the role really well. He's eccentric. Um, he, you know, articulates his lines really well. Um, he's charismatic. And then there are scenes, and I think Philip Seymour Hoffman does this really well, but there are scenes where Philip Seymour Hoffman just blows up. And I can think of a couple movies where he does this, but um, I feel like he, he just does it so well. And there are some other big actors in this film, too, that have smaller roles, but uh, Laura Dern, Rami Malek, Amy yeah. Adams is in it as well. Uh, they have smaller roles and they and they do a good job, but really this movie is just focused on Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. 
George, I know you were saying that this movie, you know, it's just it's solely based on the acting. Um, yeah, I think? I think uh I think it was the acting was superb. I think Joaquin Phoenix killed it. Um I think he did uh he did an incredible job. Like you mentioned, just all the mannerisms and the way he was uh you know just going into the role um one of my favorite scenes was when uh he was at the uh taking the picture of the guy yeah and he kept you know trolling him basically (laughs) he kept putting the light right next to him and the guy kept getting mad and then uh it really looked like they got into a fist fight kind of yeah it it looks like like it really yeah, it looked like he really got smacked, which he probably did, but... Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, so I kind of want to explain that, because that is, like, one of the greater scenes in the movie. Um, the movie takes place in the 50s, and in the beginning, Joaquin Phoenix works at a department store where he's a photographer and takes portraits, and which I think that section of the... I love that section of the movie. It's shot beautifully, um, and that scene like, too, where he gets where he gets into the fight. Yeah. Um, the but yeah, he's movie, taking, let me he, stop you there. The, mm-hmm. You're right. The 1950s in the department store taking the pictures. How awesome were those pictures, though? I mean, I know it was yeah. video, Beautiful. yeah. But when they're setting up and you see the kids and you see the the couple, yeah, it's literally almost a picture in itself. Like it is so well done. It's like a, really it's like a slice of America. Exactly. There's something about it, but yeah. Because that's how all pictures were back then. They meant, you know. Yeah. You would go to a department store and you'd get your photo taken. And but as 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 you saw, shit as you saw the different people taking, sitting down, <laughs> taking the pictures. You're, personally, I was like, man, that's that's really cool, right there in itself. I mean, the way he did it, the way whoever did that, the shot was always a good shot. Yeah. Of all the of everybody taking the pictures. Um, actually one of my favorite shots in the movie is a little bit before that scene but um freddie quill walking phoenix has a really fast affair with someone who works in the department store and when her character is first introduced i don't know if you guys noticed this but um she works in the department store and, and her job i thought this was so interesting was to wear a dress and a mink coat and walk around the department store and try and sell it to customers. She's dressed beautifully. She's elegant. And then she's going up to people and she's saying, you know, the price of the coat. Flashing She just flashes them and then she walks away. Um, but that, that part of the movie, that that's all... They should bring that. That would back. be that'd be interesting. Instead of spraying a secret in there, like make sure you go to the right department store, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that shot—it's all one take. Yeah. And they're real—they really had to map out this department store, and they just follow her going around, and it's—it's it's done beautifully. But yeah, back to what you know, George was saying. I, oh. Sorry, I went off on a little tangent there. Yeah, no, no. I thought, I thought that scene was uh, was really good. It just showed you that, like, this guy is just he's just a drunk, and he 
he's just random and he'll do whatever he wants. Whatever. Yeah, his fancy, Joaquin, I Joaquin Phoenix's performance was awesome. I, I have, do yeah. have to admit. Uh, I'm not a big fan of his, but see, Philip Seymour Hartman seems like he plays the same character all the time. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless you watch Boogie Nights, then that's different. But anyways, um, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, though, that interview scene when he's interviewing him, Dang, Joaquin, when he starts slapping himself and stuff like that. I mean, he, he was really good. Um, the more I think about this movie, now that we're talking about it in, in, in detail, uh, he's really good. He's really good. The jail scene, when they're in the jail together, the interview scene. Um, yeah. He, uh, the, the funny part is, though, as much of a whack job he is, I'm surprised he was still in the Navy. It was just really weird. Like, no one ever caught on to I think in this. World War Two. They just took whoever they could get. Yeah. And I think if you were a whack job, they liked it because you were just going to go out there guns blazing in the front line. In the front line. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, he played it really good. I, 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 yeah, he played it very eerie. He was, yeah, complete whack job when he lost it. And, um, yeah, the face things that he did was really good. I mean, he did a really good job. And, you know, I would, I'd like to give Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, more credit, but he, I don't know, it just seemed like he just played himself. <laughs> yeah. Another Tom Hanks yeah. award for that guy. So, um, so... What's your, what was your favorite line? Well, my favorite scene was when the guy was, uh, started asking about his, about his, uh, about what he's doing. Like he can cure leukemia and when the guy's like, you know, and Philip Seymour was like, if you don't believe me, you already made up your mind. You're already answering your own questions. Uh, and he just kept going. And of course, when he just says the expletive was probably my favorite line. <laughs> it's like, when you, can't, when you can't win them, no, I'm not going to say it, but when you can't beat them, you just say, you know, pig that. And so uh, that scene in itself, uh, kind of proved because i mean it's just like with anybody when you see them uh doing their own thing and then there's always people trolling i guess and just start asking about them and and like he said you already made up your mind about how you feel about it and so it's just you're just trying to agitate yeah um, and so we should probably but, explain uh what it was philip seymour hoffman was trying to sell and um the cause is loosely based off of Scientology. And to my understanding, um, what Philip Seymour Hoffman was trying to do was pretty much Dianetics. And for people that just aren't familiar with Dianetics, it's just kind of this idea that you can go under hypnosis, travel back to a past self to change your future. And um, that's kind of, that's the loose version of kind of what Scientology is. Um, so the scene that Enrique is talking about, yeah, someone's confronting him saying, this is a bunch of bogus BS. And you're telling people that they can cure illnesses, that they can change their future um, based on this idea. And um, yeah, like Enrique said, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman loses it. Yeah, he doesn't lose it too many times in this movie. No. Um, not even in the jail scene, which is which is really good. Well, at first really he good. did. At first he did when they went yeah. to go serve his warrant. He was he did. He didn't lose it. He lost it in his character way, where yeah, you know, who gives you this authority? 
<laughs> well, there's a warrant out for your arrest. So, and you're questioning why or who is he? Who are you people? Like, you know, it, like I said, his his talk really didn't. His way of you know talking about things through the cause didn't work. Doesn't work in real life. Like, no, we're we're the authority. The, there's a warrant for your arrest. Let us just do process here. You get, you're getting locked up. So he did, but then he once Phoenix fucking Phoenix took over the scene. <laughs> he yes. kind of settled down, you know. Yeah, it definitely took over. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, anytime they're on screen together, Joaquin, he owns it. He yeah. takes he takes oh, yeah. the screen. But that's see that's what that's what I meant about about the storyline is like he's he whenever he has Philip Seymour Hoffman with him in the same scene, he's not himself. And then when he's not, he's, he's tamed. Just, yeah, he's tamed. And so, uh, so the cause sort of works. But yeah. once he's by himself, once he has free will, I guess you can say, he's just a recluse. Um, what I thought, I thought one, one of the most, uh, I guess, impactful lines of the movie was uh, when, when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman said, if you figure out a way to live without a master, um, be sure to let the rest of us know because um, you'd be the first person in history of the world to do that. That's um, actually, that's that was my favorite line. Yeah, that's that's what I was really thinking about that one. That's, yeah. it's, you know, he just realized he can't control him. Um, it, well, it says a lot of things. It says, one, we all have a master. Mm-hmm. You know? And two, you know, it seems like he's understanding that Freddie Quill can't that he's he's like one without a master you know he can't control him so that line is actually the line that i think sums up what i what i think the movie's about from what i was saying earlier Mm -hmm. um another thing that i want to point out just while we're talking about joaquin phoenix and his character uh the beginning of the movie it kind of starts out like there will be blood there's really no dialogue it's just showing uh, Walking Phoenix act out. He's, he doesn't really have any lines. But uh, if you watch it, he's very ape-like. He's like an animal. He's mm-hmm. climbing trees to get coconuts. He's wrestling. He's you know doing sexual stuff. And he's masturbating and the, on the ocean. The way he masturbates too is very animal-like. He's <laughs> hunched over that. and he's like standing. He like he looks like a chimp. <laughs> he, he moves like a chimp it's really interesting um so yeah the way i view it is uh the way i view it is that Joaquin no, he went at, he went at it with the sangro did you see that and that too yeah he does something very explicit with a with a sand model that other sailors made and they're all watching him isn't that weird they're all watching yeah. and then he gets yeah. offered and then he sticks his hand all right go ahead he was looking for seashells i guess but yeah i'll put it there. um but yeah i think it goes back to this idea that his character is an animal and philip seymour hoffman is the master and he can tame this animal but at the end of the day he's still an animal it's not something that you can tame very but well. yeah that's how i feel about very it. well put. yeah so what are your scores Oof. Uh, I'm a little bit more critical on this one. 
even though I do, I do think we gave it um, a good review. I think we gave it an honest review. Um, this is a, a solid seven for me. Oof. Georgie? Tends to be going uh, in a quarter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> With middle names, I guess. <laughs> uh, I would give this one. I would. A 7.5. And that's because of the acting. I take two and a half points off because I don't know. The acting is, to me, is a 7.5. The movie itself, I would give it a 7.5. And it's just based on the acting. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was incredible. That was a little more harsher because it took me four days to watch it. Uh, but you're right. The acting does. Joaquin Phoenix does pull through and keep you uh, keeps you uh, locked in on it on his character. Uh, overall, directing, music, music was good. I mean, it's a, it's a typical Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I mean, uh, like you said, all you see is the master in the beginning, and then that's it. You know, and then you see it's all quiet. So he does a good job um, directing wise. It was nothing great, nothing grand. Uh, the music was good. You know, it wasn't overkill like other movies uh the patriot but anyways um so uh on his own on its own i i gave it a 6 3 6.3 uh i think it was just more actor driven or joaquin phoenix driven phyllis philip seymour hoffman was good but um 6.3 for me i do want to throw out something we really didn't talk about um cinematography is great in my opinion I feel like I was pretty harsh on my score. I'm not going to take that back, but um, there are some shots in this movie that that are beautiful. And one thing we I haven't mentioned in previous reviews, um, the color grading in this film, uh, that it's pretty unique. There's a lot of pastel colors. Um, it just looks it just looks different than other uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films but um i really like the cinematography yeah, i thought, I thought well, that some good scenes. yeah it did honestly nothing that struck me like that's you know it um personally as far as cinematography and that's one of the things i really look for maybe i have to watch it again take another week off to watch it but it's fun. um one thing that i noticed with the cinematography <laughs> I have to schedule schedule my vacation time to watch it again. Um, There's a lot of close up shots of people's faces and um, like almost like portrait pictures, which I think is interesting because Freddie Quill, Walking Phoenix's character, actually is a portrait photographer. And I I noticed because I actually just skimmed through the film again today, but um, there's a lot of close up shots of of people. With portrait lighting, right? Yeah, Amy Amy Adams. I I was like, wow, she is beautiful. Like, you know. Um, but did you guys also notice Freddie Mercury was in the film too? Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, Rami Malek. Oh, Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah. I just I was I kept seeing that. And I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. I know him from somewhere. I've seen him somewhere. But I just, uh, yeah, because I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, the Chinese version. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it was it good yeah he was straight it was weird but whatever you know <laughs> to each his own um oh he's like the lead singer of king 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I cool. thought they sound like Queen, but whatever, you know. Hey, it's a China film. It was, you know, in the black market. I got it. Whatever. But still, back to the beach scene. Did you see him go to town on that sand queen? Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's and really when I when, when you see that. that scene, and you're like, but everybody else is just watching him. I'm like, all right. Yeah, that was weird. Also, <laughs> why are these guys watching this guy? <laughs> It's been a while. No one said, no one said, hey, whoa, 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 relax. We worked hard on this, uh, you know, this mermaid queen thingamajig we got going here. I started laughing because I recommended this movie. And when I turned it on to watch it for this review, that happens within like the first five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, these guys are going to think I'm fucking nuts. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. The first time I watched it, I saw that and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then I, I swear to God, honest, I just uh, don't mean to swear, but I was like, I woke up and it was the interview scene. And I was like, what did I miss? And I look on the timer and it was 45 minutes. I'm like, I got to go back. <laughs> you missed a so, chunk. Yeah, I did. So it, it took a while. But overall, talking about it now and reviewing it, trying to remember everything, I wrote my notes. It was good. It was good. Who was that other actor too that looked like uh, Matt Damon for some odd reason? It looked like Matt Damon's younger <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Plemons. Plemons is that who he yes. is? Jesse yeah. Plemons, and he's actually uh, since that movie he's done a lot of roles. Um, he was in Breaking Bad as ah, um, uh, what was his character's name in Breaking Bad? I don't remember his character's name, but uh. He was good in Breaking Bad. I feel Todd, like he, he plays. Was, he was Todd in Breaking Bad. I feel like he plays the same role. Yeah. But either way, I, when I saw him, I'm like Matt Damon. That looks like Matt Damon's a uh, brother with. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what um, you mean. Off, but no, he was really good in that too. I mean, yeah, um, he, uh, yeah, he plays Val Dodd on that um, on the Master. So I thought he was good. Remy Malek was good. Um, it was, uh, yeah, talking about it, it was a real well-acted movie. It was really good. Uh, but as far as story and continuity, yeah. it was pretty hard. The story is definitely the weakest part. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, agree. I think we gave it a fair review. What would you guys think of the ending? <laughs> <laughs> Which part? Sing to me, Enrique. The dung, the dung, the dung, the dung. Are you talking about the, the, the jungus? Um, no, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I felt. What, what, the flashback or the actual when he was, uh, when he met the lady? I Well, I think he, are you talking about the last conversation the two main well, characters have with each other? The last conversation and then it just, he goes to the beach and then it's over. No, yeah. no, 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 no. He meets a chick at the bar, remember? And he tries. Okay. Yeah, but he tries. He tries similarly to do what uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman did with him when he was interviewing him, and it's just. Yeah, I remember that. I think that just shows that he <laughs> went back to his ways. But the real ending, I think, is that last conversation that that he had Freddie with Quill yeah. and Lancaster Dot have. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I mean, you know, he said, "If I see you in the next life." You'll be my sworn enemy. It's like a breakup. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminded me of. It just seemed like he just he he's just it. He gave him basically an ultimatum, and so 
Yeah. Um, and that's why. He, and he knew he was going to walk away. He knew he wasn't going to stay with him. Yeah. Between those two characters, there is this weird non-sexual uh, relationship forming between them. Well, it's kind of a love story between these two guys. If you think it is. It. And the funny thing is, Philip Seymour Hoffman didn't get him naked. Remember that scene when he was singing? That guy <laughs> yeah. had every woman in that room naked. Every woman. Do you think that they were really naked or that was just in Freddy's mind? Oh, dang it. Carlos... Now you're ruining it for me. I was going to say. I, I think that it's just in Freddie Quill's mind. Ugh. He's just sexually per- perverted. I had thought about that too, but this is a weird cult. But that, if you watch the scene again, it literally happens in a split second where all the women in the room at this party are dressed and then someone moves in front of the frame, and then all of a sudden, all the women are undressed. But time-wise, there's no time jump. Mm-hmm. And you're watching it from his point of view. And you're watching it from his point of view. Well, yeah. he's inebriated. Yeah. In the well, movie, so. Yeah. But the time... funny thing is, did anybody catch his uh, little love interest in the beginning before he went out to the war? With that 14-year-old girl? 16. 16 yeah yeah and then he went back seven years later yeah yeah he was sexually perverted i'm just bringing it up it i don't know it was i will say though that that, i feel like that was a common thing back then but how lucky was philip seymour hoffman to dance around with all those naked chicks in the room (laughs) he was lucky man which i'm sure she wasn't but you know they hit it really well but so now you just changed my mind on that scene, Carlos. Thanks. It was him all along. I it thought was, Seymour Hoffman yeah. was such a good lounge singer that everybody just... <laughs> you saw that scene. He was not a good lounge singer. <laughs> oh, he was good. I thought he was good. I don't know. Does it take... Whatever. It's it's funny, I'd say. Yeah. So no, now you changed my mind on that scene. Look at that. Yeah. Damn it, Carlos. I wanted to be Anything, a lounge uh... I wanted to be a lounge singer all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> anything we didn't talk about that needs to be mentioned no i thought amy adams was good yeah she's, she's kind of douchey she was but douchey i think she's the real master yeah yeah it, it yep. seemed like it she did she hyped him up in the bathroom i don't know if you remember that thing yeah she, <laughs> i remember that one she's a good hype woman yeah she's yeah. she's She's got skills, but she's really. Which I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's Philip Seymour Hoffman's master. Everyone, everyone has a master, I guess. Damn it, Carlos! (laughs) Summed it up. Oh, I think he's talking about the bathroom scene. My bad. Oh, yeah, Uh, she's the (laughs) she's the master (laughs) bather. Yes, she bathes him. Yes, I know she bathes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> we'll leave it at that uh, yes. so recommended everybody recommends to watch this movie if yeah. you yeah I would recommend it in the but... morning in the morning <laughs> yeah take drink an energy off. drink take a week off folks Especially watch inside the actor's studio <laughs> and then <laughs> and then watch it yeah 
I feel like only certain types of people are are gonna like this movie and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, you like acting; it's a good movie. Storyline, yeah. hey, no, but it is a good movie. So it's yeah. it's in the range. Yeah, yeah. So All we right. averaged what seven? Yeah, seven. yeah, it's best seven. Yeah, seven. So well. That's it for the master. Did we pick what we're gonna? Watch no, we next haven't. Week? We were having double. We haven't. Picks. It's actually your pick, Enrique. It is my pick. Isn't that weird? Yep. Well, I wanted to pick a serious movie, but I don't. I wanted to pick an Academy Award winner. That way, we can kind of critique it ourselves, see if yep. it's worth the awards. Okay. Or if they're just blowing smoke. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the. Uh, the movie directed by Clint Eastwood, which was Mystic River. River. Yes, there we go. I don't have my phone on. So. Mystic River. Uh, it's a Clint Eastwood film with uh, starring Sean Penn. Um, so that'll be my pick. Okay. Sounds good to me. I haven't seen it. George? Uh, yeah, um, I will... I saw it. It was good. I liked it. All right. Don't ruin it for us. You never saw it, Enrique? No, I never saw it. I'm not a big Sean Penn fan um, to begin I with. I think he won an Oscar for this one. Uh, he might have. Um, I, I just liked him in colors, and that was it. Uh, I liked him as Pac-Man in colors. So, But other than that, nothing else surprised me. Yeah, so you have... As far as his acting chops. Was released in 2003, directed by Clint Eastwood, stars Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, and Kevin Bacon. Oof. Oof. Loaded. Kevin Bacon. And Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. Coraline. Yeah, that's a pretty stacked cast. So we'll see if, if it lived up to the hype. Directed by Clint Eastwood, who's been really good so far. I don't know. I don't think he's done a dud. Um, he's so. he's done a dud. He's, he's which, has. which one? Let me look at his list. Hold on. Ah, you should know the duds right away. No one remembers a great. They all remember the duds. <laughs> <laughs> In film, of course. Um, J. Edgar was not a great movie. J. Edgar. Is that Leo? Leo? That was Leo playing J. Edgar Hoover, uh, head of the FBI, uh, who was supposedly a cross-dresser. And that's what the movie's about. Probably taking a jabs at him, that's why. It was an odd film. I took my little brother to go see that because I thought I was going to see uh, <laughs> an on, like an interesting uh, J. Edgar Hoover biopic. But instead, it was about a man that likes to dress like a woman, which is fine. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm cool with that. But uh, it just was not what I was expecting. And I wouldn't recommend yes. taking a 14-year-old to go see that. But He's got 41 director credits. Wow. So there is going to be some duds in there. So, yeah. Yep. So I'm excited to see it. Um, and then that'll be next week's. Movie. All right. I think that's it, right? I think yeah, that's it up. 
All right. Well, that's it for the episode. Tune in next week for a review of Mystic River on episode five. See you, everybody. Well, hey, let's thank Carlos for producing and editing these uh, podcast episodes. Got nothing but time and barbecue chicken pizzas on my hands. So, (laughs) George, thank you very much. Great help today. Enrique, thank you very much. Oh, no, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) Great review. Thank you to the audience for listening. This is episode four. All right.